Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the innovators and leaders of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Grow With Us podcast highlights the work of community leaders, tech entrepreneurs, nonprofit professionals, and talent development advocates in Tulsa. Grow With Us is a podcast of In Tulsa, and Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. On this episode of Grow With Us, we are in conversation with Brian Eckberg, a member of the Tulsa Two-Spirit Group. We discuss the Tulsa Two-Spirit Community Group at the Equality Center, the Twisted Arts Two-Spirit Festival, and the shifting conversation around our own identities as 2S LGBTQIA+. Brian, I'm super excited to have you on this episode of Grow With Us. Thank you so much for being here. Evan, thanks for asking me. This is really cool. Yeah, I, I've recently uh, become acquainted, acquainted with you um, from uh, participation at the Tulsa Two-Spirit group that yes. uh, I would say new, but you're here to tell us all about <laughs> you know the history and all of those things um, once we get uh, learn a little bit more about you as well. But that's how we first became acquainted. And then yeah. I've now seen you um, at a couple of events in the community, which have been really, really awesome. More things we'll talk about later on in the podcast. But um, let's go ahead and uh, have you introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. Um, and, you know, tell us your story in whatever way you're comfortable. Okay. Uh, my name is uh, Brian Eckberg, and um, I live in uh, Muskogee Nation in Tulsa. Um, I am a citizen of Cherokee nation and i am two-spirit my pronouns are he him his and um i moved to tulsa about five years ago um i spent about 29 years doing uh radio programming programming radio stations all over the country tulsa was my last stop before getting out of radio um and uh now i handle uh entertainment marketing over at uh hard rock casino uh in tulsa or in in katusa yeah so um, about four years ago, I uh, met my husband, Eric, and uh, when we realized a couple years back that Tulsa lacked a two-spirit group that was active, and I'm like, we're, we're at the junction of Osage, Muskogee, and, and Cherokee Nations, and we don't have an active two-spirit group. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I, I found out there's a very long two-spirit history, and, and some of our elders um, wanted to see it uh, come back. And so um, while we while we kind of help put it back together and and make it active again, the group doesn't really have a president or a leader or anything. And honestly, I'm, I'm still so much of a student learning about my heritage and learning about two spirit history that coming across as like a a leader when you're still learning, just it's not a good move. I think we're all kind of trying to find our way through that history because so much of it has been disconnected over time. Mm -hmm. So, so that's my story in a nutshell. I love, we love a nutshell. That's, that's great. No, I think, I think you're right on with kind of like the whole, um, when you're getting started with a new organization, it's, it's better to have like a unilateral type of like form of government governing yeah. if, if you want to even call but it that. But you know what? We're all about decolonizing <laughs> our way of thinking and, exactly. and getting rid of the hierarchy is probably a good start. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think another awesome place to host it is is where we do the meetings out at the Equality Center. You know, also feels like a, just a good even ground to meet anyone. At, I so. don't know what we would do without benefactors like the Kaiser Family Foundation that help facilitate the, the needs of the Equality Center. The Tulsa yeah. Equality Center for people who are in Tulsa and are aware of it. 
I know that we appreciate it, but I don't know if we realize just how much of an oasis it is between major cities yeah. that simply don't have that kind of outreach. Yeah. And um, it really is a special place. So yeah, absolutely. I've been really enjoying like getting more involved in programming there. Um, and they have a black box theater that I'm like, I have got to figure out how to do something there. Got to now that I've discovered theater. that theater, I want in on that. Yes, yeah. we had our last meeting there last week and it was really, really cool to see like, you know, it, it is, it is like every black box I've ever been in. It, it's got the, the chairs, those classic <laughs> silver chairs with the cushions on the, on the, the base and the back. Um, and the quality center is an amazing it's, place. It's a great it place. really is. I'm, I'm so excited to continue that relationship. And, and people need to know. I mean, you do yeah. not have to be someone who identifies as LGBTQ2S at mm -hmm. all. Um, allies are always welcome. There's there's room for everyone. And Lord knows there's plenty of work. We're, we all we all need you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so you said that you mentioned uh, earlier kind of about in your career, Tulsa was like the last stop on your on your radio expansion. Um, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Tulsa. How how is you know, being in Tulsa changed for you over time. I've always been a big believer that converts tend to be like the biggest fans, yeah. um, and whether that's a belief system or whether that's a place you move to. So mm -hmm. I really dove into Tulsa and saw a lot of things that similar sized cities didn't have. Tulsa is a very unique cultural hub. Yeah. Um, some out of necessity for the indigenous nations and some out of the fact that that music history just drips from this city. Yeah. People don't realize it until they they come to visit, you know? Whether you're talking about uh, country music, Garth Brooks and Vince Gill and Carrie Underwood and, and, and that history, or you're talking about blues, or you're talking about folk, and I mean, the Bob Dylan Center, the Woody Guthrie Museum, uh, Kane's Ballroom, which in and of itself is has been placed into halls of fame. Yeah. I mean... It's such an amazing cultural town. I, I think it's easily one of the 10 most important uh, music cities in America. Yeah. And so I, I dove right in. I loved the the environment. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been, I was just at the Canes on Saturday. You know, there's there's been multiple times I've been there. I, I think it's something that um, as a kid, I even knew not to take for granted. Growing up here, I was like, I know that, I'm pretty sure that this place is great. Pretty crazy. You know, that's really insightful because a lot of people, <laughs> if you're a native, it's it's kind of hard to appreciate. There's, I yeah. think there's more places that natives haven't been than transplants have gone. Because yeah. when you're new, you want to dive in and just see everything that's that's cool and, and different and unique about the town. So I, I love Tulsa. I, we love to hear that on this uh, Tulsa-based podcast. <laughs> it's it's different. It's different thinking. There are plenty of cities the same size as Tulsa that do not do the kind of work that that this city does in bringing people in, mm -hmm. in integrating them into Tulsa, um, in making it more successful. Yeah. You would think something like that would be so basic, but it's it's kind of rare. Yeah, I, I think you're. I think that's right on. Uh, a lot of folks that. You know, I've, I've had so many people on this podcast be from the Tulsa Remote Program or, like you said, those converts in a way. Yeah, the remote program, a perfect example, wildly yeah. successful. Yeah, and, and people come and then form their own opinion. I think mm -hmm. that's why that, like, conversion uh, or that, that convert kind of state that you're, that you're bringing up is, like, very much in that uh, space where they get to admit, no one is telling them how to perceive the city. They're just allowing them to experience it themselves and then make the decision. Yeah. Which I think is really, really kind of novel about the whole talent development and economic development part. And then also just bringing more people here from like a tourist perspective as well. So everyone's getting the chance to see what Tulsa is for themselves instead of, you know, the place where this huge tragedy occurred um, yeah. a, a century ago or 
um, you know, being on stolen land, because I think that's something we talk about a lot in in our indigenous spaces, you know, being in kind of this like intersection of like three major tribes um, land, you know, I think that kind of creates this conversation around like, well, whose is it really? Yeah. And there's a big political move in in conservative circles to really uh, stop teaching or hide some of the more uncomfortable history, mm-hmm. but it, it, it doesn't make us better. And it certainly doesn't make us self-aware so that we can change that kind of history in the future. Absolutely. So, yeah. so um, when we first met, I think a lot of these issues and kind of the conversations around like our indigenous identities and the land that we're on, um, were definitely coming up in the conversation that we had at the first Two-Spirit meeting, uh, Tulsa Two-Spirit meeting that I attended in uh, September. And we just so happened to be there when there was this really awesome show in town yeah. uh, that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, How much can we talk about? Do you know? I don't know. We'll figure <laughs> it out. And uh, if if you're like, what are they talking about? We will do our best to to at least make it um, at least uh, you'll you'll get the gist, maybe without mentioning any names. Yeah, we'll keep it ambiguous. But at the same time, we want you to know there's a pretty large national show that is coming up and the kind of attention that it could bring uh, the Two-Spirit Society is uh, is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when we were there, we had the opportunity to engage in conversation with the folks that were on the show. Um, and, and, and for me, it kind of was really affirming personally to be in a room in Tulsa at my Equality Center, having a conversation about Indigenous issues with fellow queer folks in the room, fellow Two-Spirit folks in the room, uh, and really, not have to explain it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was some there was some explaining uh, of what it meant for us, which, yeah. you know, we already knew. We kind of have our own understandings of it, but, you know, sharing and sharing that. But um, I think it was really interesting to kind of see like that whole journey on the of the show being here, the involvement with our spe- specifically with our Tulsa Two Spirit yeah. community. I think it. I think it's going to really give us a lot of momentum to. I think so too. Build and um, create, you know, new things. And you know, when we were at the meeting last week talking about our website, there's so many things coming up from it. So I, I'd kind of just love for you to like reflect a little bit about what that opportunity and experience was like. Maybe we won't say people's names, and maybe we won't mention the <laughs> specific name of the show. Right. Um, so you kind of had to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until if you out. know, you know. Exactly. But, but it, otherwise, did, it did completely impact us both recently. And I'd love yes. to kind of talk about it. Yes. It really, the the Two-Spirit Society was kind of a, a reboot um, last year. So it's been a little over a year since we've we've restarted. But the energy and excitement and some of the media attention that we've had available to us is, is only going to make it bigger and better. Um I'm really excited about the fact that we just completed the first Two-Spirit Festival, um, which, of course, you and I got to attend last yes. weekend. And, uh, you know, well, at the time of this taping mm-hmm. last weekend. Um, but uh, in addition to that, the, the the media aspects, the show that is coming up that is going to garner national attention. Um, there's a lot of interest right now about Two-Spirit because I think a lot of non-Indigenous people are just now becoming aware of the term and and yeah. and starting to understand it a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for for me, and this is uh, something I shared back uh, when we were at the at the meeting and kind of like my own understanding of like the identity. It's something that growing up, uh, I remember like one of the first times I ever heard about it was like when Jason Mraz like came out as two spirit, which was really interesting. Before he knew what it meant. Yeah, before he knew what it meant. <laughs> Sorry, um, Jason. <laughs> and I flamed him on national television. I'm flaming him on this podcast too. 
Get it. Basically, it was a really interesting moment for like a celebrity to have, you know, come out as this identity that, you know, maybe for the for the right intentions, for the right reasons, felt like it applied to them. Just lack that cultural knowledge. Um, but you know what? At the very <laughs> least, he got tens of thousands of people headed to Google and mm-hmm. saying, what does that mean? Absolutely. So. I mean, you know, I, it's so interesting to think about the merits of that, <laughs> whether we give him credit or not. Which, which is the, there's no such thing as bad publicity oh. kind of thing, you know? You I can, guess. You can run through the streets naked, but as long as the message gets out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, But then so like kind of throughout my life, you know, understanding my own indigenous identity and then therefore, um, you know, kind of knowing a little bit about who I was already before someone had to tell me. I think that's a a big thing that uh, I take with me and a lot of acknowledgement of my indigenous identity. And then the same thing kind of with my queerness as well as that as that identity began to develop. I think it was really interesting that. For me, I had always seen those two identities as like separate, but then there was this like term that essentially amalgamates the two. Mm -hmm. And I think just defining two spirit is something that everyone might have a different or I think you're right. And an understanding of it that might vary from person to person or specifically from tribe to tribe. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of it's cultural, some of it's spiritual. Yeah. um, Some of it's sexual. Some of it is, is gender identity. Yeah. And, um, in in 2023, I think we're living in a time where that's uh, that's a dangerous conversation to have out in the open, especially in a place like Oklahoma. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, so for me, I, I think uh, I love that you said this last meeting that we had too, kind of about like Tulsa Two Spirit and Indigenous Queer. It kind of like is in, incorporating both of those identities because uh, personally, like I, I'm more comfortable identifying as an Indigenous Queer person than necessarily a two-spirit based on my own understanding of yeah. the identity. I think that's something that's going to change for me. Uh, I've I've actually been kind of exploring a lot with my like ge- own gender identity recently yeah. and and those things. And, and I would like to, I'm, I'm curious how like those identities will co-develop um, in a lot of ways. I am, but. I am too. And I think really it, it also depends on, you know, what your cultural background is or yeah. what your nation is. There's some, some nations, some indigenous nations do have words yeah. for it that are traditional. Some don't. Some people who are two spirit aren't comfortable with the word. They mm-hmm. identify differently. But um, if nothing else, it's a, it's a starting point for us to, to work on the language. And I think language is important. And I, we have members who belong to the two spirit group. They're not required to use the term two spirit, nor yeah. should you. And if you're comfortable with it, great. If you're not comfortable with it, we still hope you'll join us yeah. because, you know, it it really is a, a large spectrum. And I think we're beginning to understand that um, the concept of, of gender identity, which used to be so strictly understood as, you know, as, as a, as a two part thing, um, it doesn't really in encapsulate most people. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of think of I kind of think of uh, sexuality and, and gender on a scale of like a one to a hundred, or you know, circular. Yeah. And um, you know, at at different days, there's there's different expressions. And for people who are two spirit, they don't necessarily see themselves strictly as male or masculine, or strictly as female or you know, or feminine. But we recognize the. Um, the natures of ourselves. Yeah. And for me, I am, I'm Cherokee and we have in the Cherokee language, 10 different pronouns. None of them are gender-based. Yeah. It all comes from we, 
they, you, I, yeah. but it's not specifically trying to label people. And it's such a strange political environment right now where people feel like they have to label you. Yeah. They have to put you in a box. They have to make you understand. And so I want to avoid the term two-spirit being a box for people. Absolutely. I want it to see as something that can help, but it's not something that that is intended to put you in a box and label you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I really appreciate that sentiment in a lot of ways because I, I think that I've, I'm a little bit a part of a generation that became very comfortable and I would say not in a pejorative way, but like a little bit attached to all the identities in which you could uh, identify as. There, I I think over label, labelification, that's not a word, but like, you know, creating labels for everything has created more boxes for people to put themselves into. True. And Uh, I think when you're, when you're still coming to terms with your indigeneity and Mm -hmm. learning how, you know, that impacts you. I mean, so much of, of what we are trying to learn, some of our history has been lost. So some of it is going to have to be made by us. And we have to learn to get comfortable with giving ourselves permission to do that. Even if it's not strictly traditional, a lot of us want tradition in our lives, but some of that history is lost and some of it we're just going to have to give ourselves permission to pick it up and do it our own way. Yeah, I I 100% believe that and I think I live by it in a lot of ways because in looking at myself in the mirror, there are people out there that would tell the person in the mirror that they're not indigenous. They would tell me that I'm not indigenous. Right. They would look at they would look at your complexion, make assumptions about yeah. Yeah. And then not know my own cultural framework, the the family that I come from, the a part of me that, you know, is entirely entitled to everything relating to the identity that most that of that else. that's part of that label thing. People Absolutely. people feel like they need to put you in a box. They can visually put you in a box and that's biggest, just another way we the do the biggest it. box that the colonial project made was blood quantum too. And and you know who isn't who isn't the citizenship right. rules, all of those things. Um and so it's it's just really interesting to I think have two identities like being indigenous and like being um like being queer or, you know, LGBTQIA plus and, and two spirit. I think they're, I think it's, I think it's a really good understanding of kind of the way you said it, that um, two spirit is like the definition of the spectrum. You know, some days you're, you might be 5% feeling only 5% masculine and 95% feminine or, or, or whatever that, that is the entire spectrum of what we think we conceptualize the sexuality spectrum, your gender identity spectrum, it's all a spectrum. You get to be where you want to be. And I think if people were honest and they took indigeneity out of it, I think regardless of what your cultural and ethnic backgrounds are, um, if we were really honest about how we perceive ourselves or how we feel, I think everyone tends to be different, different times. Yeah, absolutely. And so I really, I, I really appreciate this conversation and then also being a part of the group because it, it, it just kind of creates these, you know, there might be just internal dialogue sessions with myself of trying to understand where I'm at. Um, but also I take it back to my people and my, my yeah. friends, my family, um, and, and, you know, relate these things back. You know, I'm a part of this organization that, you know, has really made me start thinking about this part of my identity. Have you, have you thought about it? It's, it's a conversation starter mm-hmm. and also a means to connect in so many ways. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm really enjoying the most about getting involved more is what I, I think I've said this on this podcast too. Like 
the hard thing for me about moving back to my hometown after college and stuff was mm-hmm. like, oh, most people that I went to high school with decided to not come back. And, you know, that community that I thought would be built into a hometown, it's it's not necessarily there. And so the exciting part is finding the community that is being attracted here, that is being transplanted here, that is, uh, you know, choosing Tulsa. And give the next generation a reason to stay or absolutely, to come back. Absolutely, absolutely. And so being a part of an organization like Tulsa Two-Spirit, like definitely gives me hope in, in that regard to like be a part of, I, I don't want another Two-Spirit person or, you know, indigenous person that may or may not be queer to think that, to come to Tulsa and see no no representations of their own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to know that they have a community at the Equality Center if they do identify as queer or LGBT in any way um, and hold the identity of being indigenous. I, I want for that to be something that folks have. I think so much of the work that the Tulsa Two-Spirit group needs to do before we can even look outward into the community beyond indigenous people is to learn how to decolonize our own thinking, mm-hmm. decolonize our own sexuality, decolonize ourselves. It's very hard yeah. because some of the pushback that we're getting, some of the strongest pushback that we get is from our own tribal nations. Yeah. And that really makes me realize just how much work we have to do. Yeah, we do to a be good accepted job of by ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, wow. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, it, it can be daunting. Yeah. So I think the only thing that makes that makes it better is knowing that we're not doing it alone. Absolutely. And I think a lot when it comes to anytime I have a conversation about like my indigeneity, especially on something like a platform, like a podcast to, in order to do so, I always want to add in something along the lines of that. I'm probably not the best person to tell any story about anything <laughs> indigenous. But I, what I caveat that with is also like an ownership of my own identity and my own experiences that are a part of that. Yeah. That's that's what I that's what I believe. That's what other indigenous people have told me they're basing their you know beliefs and uh, understandings of themselves on. So you know, as much as I want to like discredit myself, I also want to give my give the credit right back to me because who else is talking? Not who else is talking about that. There's plenty of people, but I want to seize every opportunity to speak about being indigenous and being queer. It's, it's yeah. something that I don't want people to not associate with me because those are the identities that I hold. Well, and I think you struck a, a really good point there when you're talking about like being native, being indigenous. So much of that culture is uh, fluid because so much of it's been lost. I'm hoping that that can be a, a good starting point for people who are indigenous, but not necessarily consider themselves two-spirit mm-hmm. to understand that that fluid, fluidity goes beyond just being indigenous, but also into sexuality, hopefully as an on-ramp for them to better understand, you know, their brothers and sisters a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So talking a little bit more about the group, I'd love to maybe just put out some like ideas. You and I have not necessarily had like a spitballing session, but I love that. Let's take the time now to talk about some things we want to do or or any ideas that you might have about growing the group and and kind of what's next for Tulsa Two-Spirit. Well, we definitely want to be uh, working on the second year of the Two-Spirit Festival. Uh, Kevin Lovelace and Cray and 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 the team behind that and and Marks Cassidy. I mean, they, they've yeah. done an amazing job this first year. Um, we're already starting to exchange some ideas about who we can bring and the kind of messaging we want and how do we bring more people in and make the festival bigger next year. That's certainly important. Um, I want to see us make appearances at powwows. 
I want to see us get in front of chiefs and tribal councils to let them know that we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see a proclamation um, recognizing two-spirit people within those those nations. And I want us to start uh, talking about a, a way to approach Muscogee Nation specifically about changing um, the law on uh, marriage equality, which mm-hmm. uh, in Cherokee Nation has marriage equality, Osage Nation has marriage equality, Muscogee does not. Uh, to me, that seems like a big missing point. And yeah. if we're not talking about it, they're not going to talk about it. So I think yeah. I think it starts with making sure they know we're here. Yeah, absolutely. I think for anyone out there listening to this, you know, maybe not necessarily understanding why a we we could go into the whole legal system about yeah. why you know Mus- Muscogee Creek Nation doesn't have a marriage equality you know proclamation or or statement in mm-hmm. from the, their government, but the United States has the federal like yeah. legislation that like allows marriage equality. It is it. it I would just encourage anyone out there to to seek resources um, and educate themselves on kind of like the difference between like how laws affect, you know, members of an indigenous nation like the Muscogee Creek Nation versus federal um, and kind of United States. I think a lot of people think that after the the SCOTUS ruling on Obergefell that this was behind us, that everyone now had marriage equality. But uh, tribal nations are not obliged to to adopt the marriage laws mm-hmm. that come from the United States Supreme Court. Yeah. So um, there are nations here on our continent where people do not have marriage equality. The mm-hmm. fight goes on. Yeah. So um, it is very important. Yeah. It takes advocacy from groups like Tulsa Two-Spirit or, or even larger organizations that have done that uh, across the nation and other nations within the United States to challenge the tribes and, and say, affirming this is what your people want. Affirming exactly. this is the civil liberties that, you know, we see people, our neighbors have. Um, but But we need to know that we need you to tell us that this is okay or not okay. We need you to tell your citizens that this is the law of this land, basically. We we need to get rid of the other status of two-spirit people because if you don't know anyone who's two-spirit or if you haven't interacted with, it's very easy to to dismiss or just just not think of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The more active we are, the more visible we are, uh, the more it becomes necessary to to deal with us. Yeah. I think that's, we're really at the starting point. So when, when, with your question, I'm sorry, it was really long for me (laughs) to get back to the nature of your question was, what do we want first? Uh, What do we see us doing in the near future? You know, we're really still coming to terms with ourselves, but I think we have a lot of work to do and we can be going in a lot of different directions, but hopefully we'll be able to hone that message a little bit more. Absolutely. I think also, you know, kind of riding this wave of the attention and, and growing membership is something that's going to happen as well. You know, new people coming with new ideas. I, yes, I, every opportunity. I think and every. I thank you for the podcast because yeah. I think the podcast can only help. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm excited to see how it, how it grows. I think specifically like about the Tulsa Two Spirit Festival that we just had and we just attended this past weekend. Amazing. I, I it was it was so cool to see artists and um, drag queens and music like music, visual artists like the, just everyone 
that holds that identity as two spirit was talk able about to come through spectrum. I mean, we yeah. had tr- we had we had traditional music, mm-hmm. and we had modern music, and yeah, um, yeah, it, it was nice. It was nice to see that that spectrum. I think, and I think the representation of that spectrum, you know, seeing those people that all identify as two spirit, like in that lineup, um, it's it's just going to start to continue to affect. And it wasn't change. just local. I mean, we had yeah. entertainers there from Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, um, all mm-hmm. over, and yeah. that was. That was really encouraging because they know that that what we have here is a fledgling group and they want to help. They want yeah. to be a part of it. And some of these guests came more than a thousand miles just to be here with us. Yeah. And big humbling. shout out to Twisted Arts for leading this. Oh my efforts. gosh. I mean, it's a really awesome. And I, I'm not sure if by the time we publish this, the Two-Spirit Film Festival will have happened. But November no, 2 through 5, but hey, it's going to come back every year, yes. and so will the Two-Spirit Festival. So um, you should definitely go to the Twisted Arts website and find yeah. out more about this organization because they're doing really important work, and they're they're giving Tulsa a voice that oftentimes you don't get unless you go to a, a major, major city. Yeah, which that's what I, I, I love that we now have like two... Tulsa mainstays that are associated with like the two spirit identity yeah. at places that I think really elevate those voices like Circle Cinema. We had access to the AHA space last night or sorry, on Saturday and Wampa, these places where the cool things are happening. We're in the cool places as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there's room for everyone. Absolutely. And I think if there's one message today, it's there's room for everyone. And we, you know, we would welcome anyone. To, to come to our, our Two-Spirit meetings. We usually meet on on the first Tuesday of the month at seven o'clock at the Equality Center. So um, we would love to see some new faces. And it, it, it doesn't matter how you identify or don't identify. Um, your presence means you understand it, this is important. Yeah, absolutely. I echo that entirely. I, I want to see some new faces and see some more folks show up. Uh, I saw... Um, the desire for this type of community at uh, Native American Day when we, because we just had Indigenous Peoples Day. Yeah. Um, and I call it Native American Day because that is the name that Tulsa <laughs> has. Tulsa, that Tulsa has, yeah. um, which is another thing that, you know, we could potentially add to the list of docketed items. You know, how is, how are our local and state politics like reflecting the identities and the, the things that matter to us here? Like, um, I know Tulsa and Oklahoma City, I think, acknowledge, uh, Native American Day instead of Columbus Day. Um, but that's not something that is sweeping small towns in Oklahoma. Everyone everyone still kind of does celebrate. I was really like encouraged that uh, President Biden last year for the first time recognized Indigenous Peoples Day. Um and he made that he made that a priority. Not only that, but I mean, his his interior secretary is an indigenous person. Mm-hmm. And Deb, Holland. Uh, Deb has done an amazing job of making sure that uh, that we have a voice in the cabinet. And uh, to President Biden's uh, credit, he promised us the most diverse cabinet. And it is. I mean, mm-hmm. even beyond what we expected from President Obama, uh, Biden does have an incredibly diverse ca- uh, yeah. cabinet. Yeah, which is I think it has so many far-reaching implications too. You know, it it has native, young Native folks seeing themselves holding positions of power in politics like that. Yeah, we are we're all taught the representation matters. I, it's I know easy that, to believe that you can jump you know, in and do something when you see someone who is like you doing it. Absolutely, very important to be seen. And getting a little bit back to Indigenous Peoples Day, I think like for for me that day has always been uh, something that has been personally meaningful for both the cultural and, and uh, 
the, the cultural and personal reasons that I have. Um, but specifically, I think it's like growing now is like a visibility day. Uh, we have in the LGBT community, there's like trans day of visibility um, that like really kind of shines a spotlight on like, like the lived experiences of our trans folks, yeah. um, brothers and sisters and anyone that identifies as trans. It's almost similar with Indigenous Peoples Day. But then we kind of get to have this like I've always been approximated near like a big celebration of Indigenous Peoples Day, whether yeah. there's like a big uh, like public display of like showing that we're here. Like when I was at Dartmouth, we would walk through the entire library and kind of like the um, the midnight right before right into Indigenous Peoples Day. We would go through the library and we'd yell. Of course, we do a lot of our, our native calling. Are you? like a lot of that um, and they're you know these are college kids that are studying into the, the wee hours of the night and it getting, echoes so nicely yeah, in the hall they're getting disrupted uh by you know a bunch of natives running through the the library and then we had to the i think the ivy league can appreciate a little diversity it absolutely probably, it's probably good that you brought that it humbled some folks and then we would go on to the um to the green and do like a round of uh, drum drum circle and uh, some singing of cultural songs from folks we heard from some Alaska Native folks, some mm. Native Hawaiian folks, and then obviously some folks from um, just the different communities we all represented. And so that day has always like held uh, a, a big place in my heart, kind of since since I was really impacted by that. And, I wish and Indigenous Peoples Day could take place on a Saturday because I feel like <laughs> the parade could be so much better attended if if everybody had the day off. Yeah, like this past year was it was terrific, and mm -hmm. and having Sterling Harjo there as you know the master of ceremonies yeah. and leading that parade, very impressive. I do think next year though, the Two Spirit Society has got to have a larger presence. Um, not just in the parade, but at the festivities in a booth. And yeah, just, they want us there. They told us, which was really exciting. How often do we get invited, <laughs> right? This is good. Exactly. Um, Brian, we've, we've kind of talked about so many, so many different things. I, I love the direction that this conversation has gone. We've touched on identity. We've touched on Tulsa Two-Spirit. Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's so many things that we talked about in this conversation that I, I don't want to end here. And I yeah. want for people to ask questions. I want for people to show up to meetings and, and ask us things. Nothing would make me happier. If, if, if we had a few people that heard the podcast that, that came to our next meeting, just keep in mind that first Tuesday of the month, seven o'clock equality center, uh, we're pretty easy to find. Yeah. And, and we want to keep spreading and, and growing and all of those things. So, um, yeah, please, please attend our meeting on, uh, at the equality center and uh, I would say stay tuned for more things Two-Spirit, more things Indigenous, more <laughs> things queer. <laughs> They're yep. all happening. Um, and, and The I'm momentum has been exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if, if you're out there listening and uh, we have a community here and we want to we continue to bring that uh, to anyone that, that needs it. No. And we have to remember that even beyond our own community with Two-Spirit Group, we need, we need to be better allies. We need to be out there when, when there are events. Uh, for, for example, the artist uh, Marks Cassidy, who releases an album uh, November 5 and doing a, doing a release event there and wanted to make sure that all our Two-Spirit people knew about it, not just because she's a Two-Spirit artist, but because we've got to do a better job of promoting people as they as they go out and take their message because mm -hmm. they're taking us with them yeah so i think that's important absolutely absolutely um brian thank you so much thanks for having it. me this is fun i'm so nice glad. digs <laughs> we did good we did good um thank you so much i appreciate it and uh, if there's anything well 
I was going to go right into the outro, but I think we're going to do the outro, the outro, outro separately. Outro. Good. Do more of Yes. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Brian, thank you so much for being on this episode of Grow With Us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. And um, I know I'll see you at a future Two-Spirit meeting. Absolutely. And hopefully you listeners. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> Thanks again, Evan. For sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow With Us. Grow With Us is supported by Intulsa Initiatives. If you are interested in learning more about Intulsa services for job placement and workforce development, please visit talent.intulsa.com. From there, you can join our talent network where you will get access to our newsletter and our talent team will make sure you put the right opportunities on your radar. We put the choice to pursue a new career and opportunities in your hands. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. It really helps. Grow With Us is edited and engineered by Rant9 Productions and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us.